Allie, me and Allie said amen. <clears throat> Everybody say this. Say God is. God was. God will be with us. Now, I want you to, just to wake you up a little bit, I want you to give your neighbor an elbow every time you say that. Say God is. God was. And God will be with us. <laughs> Some of you have been wanting to do that for a long time. You know, the, the Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, dates back to the, uh, to the 8th and 12th century in Europe. It's an old Christmas carol. You remember the very first Christmas carol we talked about, how it was written by a guy who wasn't even saved? Isn't that crazy? Written and performed by a guy who wasn't even saved, and it blew up in the church. And when the church found out that the, that the guy was unsaved that wrote the song, and they tried to stop it, but they couldn't. It's crazy, huh? This, this carol was written in the 8th and 12th century in Europe. <clears throat> so Emmanuel means that God is with us. So when you're singing that song, you're singing, O come, O come, God is with us. Or God be with us. Emmanuel is God with us. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. I want to show you today what it means for God to be with us. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 21. It says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Up until this point, in the Old Testament, in all the older days, the, the, God was usually with a leader. Are you with me? Moses, Abraham, he was usually with the leader. And I'm talking about God being with that person. Now, he was with the children of Israel, but he was with the leader. Are you hearing me? And so, so 740 years ago, before that, Isaiah quotes that very same verse. That was a prophecy. Prophesied 740 years before was actually done. Now, what were you doing 740 years ago? Man, that's a long time. I don't remember either. But in the Old Testament, they never, each individual could not, could not understand that God was with them like he was with Moses. You remember when Moses came down from the mountain and the Bible says that he had to put a veil on his face? Why? Because he was with Jesus and something had changed him. Something changed his countenance. Something changed the color of his skin. And the people knew that when Moses went and got alone, he was meeting with God. So up until the day that Jesus is, is born, God was usually with leaders. But when Jesus comes, God's gift to us, it's God's way of saying, now I am with you. All of you. You see, today, God is not just with me because I'm the pastor. He wasn't just with Allie a little while ago because she was the worship leader. Are you hearing me? God is with you. I'd be willing to bet most of us walked into this room not even thinking that God was with us. 
So what does it mean that God is with us? Number one is this, God is with us. Our God is with you. What does it mean that God is with you? Does it just mean that God is there when something bad's about to happen? Does it just mean that God is there only when you call on him? Does it, just, does it mean that God is only with you when everything's nice and fine and pretty and the birds are chirping? Is that when God, you're like, oh, God is with me. Is God only with you when you're depressed or going through something at a certain magnitude level? You know, it's got to get bad for God to get with me. You see, that's been my problem, is that, is that I think that, well, God's with me. I understand, yeah, God's with me. But it's not really evident until I go through something hard. Then it's like, God's really with me. It's kind of like he might be walking in the back of the room with me, just kind of hanging out, tailing me. I still see you, you're good. And then until something bad happens, then he comes running up and he says, okay, I'm with you. And he grabs me on the arm and says, here I am. Can I just make that confession this morning? Sometimes that's the way I believe. I wish I could sit here or or stand here and tell you that every minute of the day, I know that God is with me. I live like God is with me. I act like God is with me. But I don't. You see, as the church, as the believers, as Christians, we're supposed to live as though God is with us. Come on, you better start. Let me tell you something. The the more amens you say, I'll knock five minutes off of every part of the message. Can I get an amen? Amen. Never mind, I quit. I was done already. But what does it mean that God is with us? It means that he walks with us and he goes with us. That, the only reason he can say that, that you shall walk by faith and not by sight is because he knows that he's with us. Right? Because you see, when you forget that God is with you, it's when you're walking by sight. Come on. It's when you start to put your eyes on your own circumstances and situations and problems. Or maybe even the mountain or the opportunity that's in front of you. And you say, this is too big for me. I can't handle this. I can't go there. I'm not ready. You're walking by sight and not by faith. Because you see, when you walk by faith, it doesn't matter what God puts in front of you because you know, number one, he's with you and he has the provision for you already. Come on, I believe we live on a roller coaster with this. That we get these highs and we go, man, God is with me. Woo! And we go around and everybody that we know looks like God isn't with them. Go, God is with me. Whoa, can you see it? And they're going, shut up. Because I don't feel like he's with me. And then it might be your turn to hit the low. And that same friend that's still mad at you for being so jolly about it comes running up. God is with me now. Jesus was proof that God is with us. When Jesus was born, it was God's way of saying, 
I'm not just going to be with the leaders anymore. I'm going to be with all of you. It doesn't matter if you're, if you got a title. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or, or if you're smart or not so smart. It doesn't matter. I am with you. I heard God whisper to me this week. I was praying over an opportunity. That's scary. And he said to me, he said, he just, he quoted his own scripture to me. He goes, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. And he said it to me, just fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next month. Don't worry about next year. I am with you. I am your God. You know what that did? That helped me to make a decision. A hard decision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If we can just get it, like my mama used to tell me, if you could just get it through your thick skull, I'm going to be your mama. If you could just get it through your thick skull, that God is with you. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't turn his back. He doesn't take a smoke break and go outside and smoke a cigarette while you're going through this thing called life. He doesn't do that. He doesn't take lunch. Are you hearing me? He doesn't sleep. Come on. He is with you. I'm looking forward to the day when I get to heaven and after we do all the praise and worship and we go through all the procedures and everything and we're in heaven, I can't wait to ask the question or find out, Lord, what did you save me from that I didn't know about? What did your angels come running in and save me from that I had no clue about? Because, listen, I I should have killed myself many times when I was running. Wake up in the morning, don't even know how you got home. I woke up in the back of my pickup truck right outside the dorm room at McNeese. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm sleeping in the back of my truck by the front door. I don't know who drove my truck. I don't know how I got in the back of the truck. I just want to know, how many times were you there for me? Show me what you saved me from. He's with us. Amen? I believe the sooner we settle that in our minds, the sooner we can really start to live. I'm talking about really live. Not just have a few little things happening and going on. I'm talking about living the abundant life that he talks about. We all say we want that, but are we willing to walk by faith to receive that? Are we willing to walk in such a way knowing that God is with me? I'm not going to let anything move me. I'm not going to let anything distract me. Luke 1 verse 28 says that the the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You see, nobody said that in those days. Because it wasn't true. Nobody went around saying, oh, the Lord is with you. You know, the Catholic Church is famous for saying that, right? We've all been Catholic at least once in our life. But the one thing they constantly do is say, they say, the Lord be with you. And then the people respond, and also with you. So let's try that this morning. May the Lord be with you. 
That feels good, doesn't it? I enjoyed that. I'm going to do that more often. Let me ask you a question. What sent the shepherds back into the field rejoicing when they met with the angel? What caused, what caused the wise men to fall on their knees in worship? Was it just the fact that there was going to be a baby born? Or was it the fact that for all this time they've been hearing that God was with them, but now God is with them? You got to remember, because when the angel came and he said, his name shall be Emmanuel, which means God with us. It was exciting news. It was news that spread like wildfire. It was also news that caused the enemy to try and kill Jesus while he was a baby. You remember that? He, he interviewed the wise men and the shepherds trying to figure out where he was so he could go kill him. Then he started killing all the little two-year-old boys, I believe it was. Hoping that he would get across to the one whose name is God with us. If I can just get a hold of the one, God with us, then God won't, he won't be with us anymore. We got to start living like God is with us. My kids have, have from time to time had nightmares and, you know, all kids do. And, and, you know, it's usually when you're sleeping your best, you know, Right. They never come when you're lying in bed and you can't sleep, right? They never have a nightmare then. Why? Because it's your turn to have a nightmare. Because you're in the middle of your nightmare. But they'll come into the room and, and you can hear them walking down and then they hit the door because it's dark and it's boom. And you hear the door and, you go, and, you, and then you and Cheryl, we sit there and go, okay, who's this? Is this Ethan, Anna, or Virginia? And it's not until you hear their voice. And I don't know why, but they always go to Mama. Can the mama say amen? amen? Your mama's been waiting to say that for a long time. They go, Mom, I had a nightmare, Mom. And this is what we taught our kids. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray against the nightmare. Ask Jesus to take your thoughts, take your thoughts captive and bring them to the obedience of Christ. And then see what happens. So we send them back to their room. And we basically tell them, God is with you. Go back to your room and handle this thing. That's kind of hard, isn't it? You might say, well, you, you, you don't tata them? Mm-mm. We quit that. That kind of went out with the diapers. Well, you still tat-tat some. Man. That's why they, when they come in the room, they go, Mama. Because then no day's going to say, go back to your room, kill the devil, ask for peace, so I can have peace. That's kind of the way it goes for me, okay? I'll just be honest. I feel good. It's confession, man. This is good. I like this every Sunday. I get up and just confess my sins in front of you. And you just, you smile and laugh, and you think it's funny, and I'm going, man, I feel great. I might be the most ministered to person in the church. That's a good thought. But we send them back to the room. Why? Because I want them to understand that God is with them. Come on. Don't put your trust in daddy. Now, when they're little, daddy is a form of God to them. And they see God how they see their daddy. Are you with me? 
But when they get older, you got to push them away a little bit and you got to say, okay, you got to learn how to start praying. You got to learn how to start dealing with this stuff. You got to learn how to take every thought captive. Why? Because God is with you. It doesn't matter that you're nine years old. It doesn't matter that you're 13. God is with you. Amen? My kids know how to rebuke the devil. They've seen me and Cheryl walk around the house and anoint the house, praying in tongues, casting the devil out. I shared with you last week, my oldest one went and prayed. She asked to be, she was like, I didn't know Pastor Villain was going to pray for, for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I would have went up, Daddy. I was like, well, go to your room and pray about it. She came back five minutes, Daddy, I got it. And she starts preaching to me. You see what I'm saying? Because I want them to grow up knowing that God is with them in every situation, in every circumstance, every place they go, with every opportunity that he puts in front of them. It's not just the bad things in life that we need God for. It's the good things in life that we need God for. Amen. I heard a man say one time, when you're immature in Christ or when you're young in Christ, God deals with you or grows you up through problems. But when you begin to mature in Christ and get older in Christ... He, he teaches you and corrects you with opportunities. That was my basic tithe message this morning, is that we need to look for the opportunities that God puts in front of us. This is the craziest time in the world to be opportunistic. Right? Why? Because everybody else is hiding. You know what the great movement is right now? Self-sufficiency. You got more people raising chickens, raising goats, Raising cows, raising pigs. Why? Because they see this financial crisis coming and they're trying to be self-sufficient like in the old days. There's nothing wrong with that. But that shows you where the thinking of America is right now. Amen? So why not as a church, let's not be like America and let's be like Christ. You didn't get that. Why don't we stop being like Americans and start being like Christ? I'm sorry, but this is still the land of opportunity. Don't stop now. I don't hear God telling me to stop in business. Don't stop. I don't hear him telling me to stop in growing the church. He said, I, I don't care what the, what the economy's doing. I'm still with you. Man, we got to get a hold of that. God is with us. Either we believe it or we don't. Number two, sometimes it's easier to look in your past and see the presence of God. Number two, God was with you. You remember the story of Joseph? He had the dream. His daddy gave him the coat of many colors. He was beaten and thrown into a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery by his brothers. He was falsely accused, thrown into prison. All these things and God led him to a certain place where he actually fulfilled his dream. You remember that? And he actually saved a nation of people. If he looked back on his life, he could see how God was with him when he had the dream. God was with him when his brothers were jealous. He would realize he was a knucklehead when he shared the dream with his brothers. Right? <laughs> Sometimes we got to learn how to shut up as believers. And he would have realized that when he was thrown in the pit, sold into slavery, accused falsely of trying to sleep with somebody's wife, that God was with him the whole time. 
Every one of us in this room, I believe, can look back and see where God has been with us. He's been with us. You know, church people are funny. Amen? Now, we're supposed to be different, but sometimes I wonder if we take that too far. But we, we tend to believe that the only time God shows up or the only time that God does miracles is when you've got the worship team playing and the feeling's just right and the air condition's on the right temperature, nobody's freezing, nobody's hot, everybody's lovely, then the Holy Spirit's going to come and we're going to see miracles happen. You know how wrong that is? We live in America. The temperature's never just right. And by the way, you live in South Louisiana. It's going to be freezing in a couple days. Okay? The mood is never right for the Holy Spirit to show up if that's what you're waiting for. One of my coworkers walked into my office this week and he said, man, I got this headache, man. God, I can't get rid of it. I just said, Lord, heal his head in the name of Jesus. Amen. He went back to his office. He sat down and goes, hey, it's gone. Praise God. Now let's talk about this. <laughs> Are you hearing me? God is with you anywhere and everywhere you go. We had one of our ladies in our church went to pick up some pizzas. And the lady checking her out looked depressed. She looked like she was struggling, going through something. And the lady from our church just says, hey, babe, are you okay? And the lady just broke. I mean, she's right there at the counter in Pizza Hut. There's people waiting behind her. She's got her debit card in her hand. She's ready to pay. They're going to do the, you know, the whole process. And the lady just starts weeping. And the lady from our church, and, I, and this makes me so proud, she, she just, she says, she encourages her. She tells her, God's going to be with you. Let me pray for you. You know what that means? It means I don't give a rip about who's standing behind me and what kind of rush they're in. I don't care if there's people sitting in their chairs watching. I don't care about my reputation or what people are thinking or murmuring. I care about the task that God has put in front of me, and I know that he is with me. And if I pray for her, and she prayed for the lady. Isn't that awesome? God is always with us. You never know when you're going to run into a mission. Amen? That's why you hear me say so many times, you've got to get past yourself. It's time to get past ourselves. I'm spitting all over the place. you just got to get past. i got finest things. We really got to get past our problems. That's why the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. You know those things that he's talking about is your problems? God was with you. Watch out. Number three. God will be with you. Think about this. Think if Mary could have seen the future. You know what she could have said? If Mary could have saw what was going to happen. Listen to this. God will be with me when I tell Joseph. God will be with me when there's no room in the inn. 
God will be with me when I conceive this child. God will be with me when I watch my son suffer on the cross and be brutally murdered for the people's sins. Wouldn't it be nice if God just laid it all out in front of us and he said, here's what's going to happen. And I just make you this promise that I'm going to be with you. And if we see it and we know that God's with us, then we don't have a problem walking through it, right? You know, the problem with that is that it doesn't require faith. Isn't it just like God to put a promise on a paper and say that I will be with you? And then say, okay, now live. Lindsay, has God been with you at Baylor? By the way, Lindsay made the honor roll, 4.0 at Baylor, first semester. Come on. Don't blush. Be proud. I'm proud of you. God is with us. That's her her journey out, man. She stepped out the house. She went. She had, I mean, she didn't have your mama pushing you. You didn't have nobody looking over you. Just the fear of God. You see, that's the cool thing about God is that when we begin to take, take faith steps out into something, we begin to experience God. Amen. Come on. That's why he says he will be with you. Yes, he's with you when you're sitting at home and everything's comfortable and everything's secure and everything's, you know, just nice and tidy. And that's the only part of God you ever know. Say, and then at the end of your life, you stand up before God and you go, I, I did good. I didn't make no mistakes. I, I didn't fall. He goes, yeah, but you didn't do nothing either. Right? I've learned more about God by taking steps of faith. And if I wasn't sure if it was God telling me to do it, sometimes I did it anyway. And I made a mistake. And I realize his redeeming power in that mistake. You follow me? You never get to know God if you never step out of something and into something else. In other words, he will be with you when you step out into something. He's never called us to stay the same. He never called us to find this secure little place in life and stay there. The just shall walk by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 8 says that those that are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Where's the Spirit leading you? Come on, he's not, the, trust, trust me, the Spirit is not keeping you worried about your problems. The Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit of God hasn't said, okay, in six months when all of your problems go away, then we're going to step out in faith. Has the Holy Spirit ever told you that? Raise your hand because I want to meet you. Right? You want to know if God will be with you? Step out into something. Come on. Open your mouth about something. That's a good one. Believe God for something. Amen? Because listen to me, either we believe it or we don't. I'm not saying there's not going to be days where you don't believe that God is with you. You don't even think about God being with you. 
Because you know how it is when everything's going fine. You're like, hey, it's good. Praise God. You can take a break, Lord. I'm good. Come on. Maybe you're in a situation right now where you've got to make a hard decision. And you're scared to death because you know the right decision is a hard decision. And maybe you're sitting in this place uh, having to make this decision and you're going to want to you're going to do the tendency of, of, of making the same decisions you used to make that weren't quite right. And maybe God's saying to you, no, I want you to make the right decision. For some of you, it may be confessing a sin to somebody else that you've hurt. And God's saying, I want you to confess it and get it out in the open. Yeah, but Lord, what about the consequences? No, I got this, God. I'll, I'll take care of it. When the time's right, Lord, I'll know when the time's right. God is with you, God was with you, and God will be with you. Watch this in Romans chapter 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness? That's a big one. If nakedness can't separate you from the love of Christ, listen to me. Nothing can. Or danger or sword. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, nothing. Nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. So how about we change the way we're living? How about we look at things a little differently? How about we we leave here today and wherever you're heading from here, you go knowing that God is with me. God is with me at work. God is with me at home. God is with me at the grocery store. God is with me driving here and there. God is with me if I might be going to court. God is with me at the get wherever. God is with you. Amen? And you start living that way. You know what that does? That gives you confidence. As a believer, it should give you confidence. You should be able to walk boldly through this life knowing that God is with me. It's not, that, it's not that you can run from God and make your mistakes and then come back. He sees that anyway. Right? Why don't we live like he's with us, knowing that he's always with us? Then we can hear his voice, knowing that we can hear him at any time. Hearing say, hear him say something to us. Listen, that lady over there, she's struggling. Go and pray for her. Oh, you know, she, she looks like she's fine. No, listen to me. God is with you. You want to know why his his voice is so still and small and quiet? It's because he wants us to be listening. I remember I sat under this old teacher one time, this old wise man of God, and he, I don't know if he had a hearing problem or he just did this intentionally, but he would sit down with a group of about six guys, and we'd be in a a room full of about 100 people, 
And we're at this table, and he's trying to teach us one of these things that God taught him. And he, he's, he's sitting at the table, and he kind of talks like this. And, I mean, we're, like, leaning on the table going, what's that? And you had to, you had to block everything else out because you wanted to hear, right? You wanted to hear. We all want to hear God's voice, right? Come on, I'm bent over. This ain't going to last long. Right? But sometimes we don't stay there long enough to hear what he's got to say. Sometimes it's too difficult. He wants us to listen. Because he wants us to know that he's with us in every situation. Everywhere we go. In our future, in our present, and in our past. He's with us. He knows the mistakes you're going to make. He knows you're going to fall. He also knows you're going to get back up. I believe he likes to pick us back up quickly. Kind of like your kids when you get them all dressed up for Sunday morning and you walk into the car and one of them trips and gets a grass stain on the white pants you just put on them. Well, you try to scoop them up quick, right? Because you don't want them to get grass on the other knee, right? So you scoop them up quick. Why? Because you want to keep going. When we fall, God wants to scoop us up quick. The enemy wants you to stay there. God wants to get you back up and say, come on, let's go. I'm with you. I'm with you. Come on, let's go. Are you hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning? Through his word? Through his spirit? He wants us to live knowing that he is always with us. Amen? Can you stand up with me this morning? You may be here and you may be saying, you know what, Pastor, I needed to hear that. Man, I ain't going to lie to you. I just felt like I've been so far away from God. You know, a certain thing happened in my life months ago, and I just feel like God hasn't been with me since. Can I just tell you that's a lie? That's a lie from the pit of hell. God is with you. You might be saying that. You might be feeling that guilt of just thinking, you know, just living your life that God wasn't with you. You know what? Let's deal with that today. Let's repent of that today. Can we do that? Can we just repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for living like, like you're not here and trying to do this my own way? Father, I pray this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your promises are yes and amen. And that, Lord, when you say you're with us, you are really with us. Lord, this world needs people to live like you are with them. The only way things are going to change is when we live like you are with us, Lord. Father, help us to learn to walk every day like you're with us. Father, help us to get addicted to your presence. Help us to get, Father, just addicted to knowing that you're with us, Lord. Help us to live life on mission. Knowing that every minute is valuable. Every second is valuable, Lord. We're here but for a breath of time, Lord. And then we're off to spend eternity with you, Father. Help us to live like every minute counts. Knowing that you're with us. A life on mission, Lord. So that we can change this world. We can reach the lost. 
We can make disciples that will go on and make other disciples, Lord. Father, we need you. Every day, Lord, help us to remember and help us to live like you're with us. Knowing that you've been with us in the past, that you're with us in the present, and that you're going to be with us in the future, Lord. And Father, I thank you. Emmanuel, thank you. God, thank you for Jesus. Your way of saying that I am with you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you this morning. We worship your holy and righteous name. We declare your goodness upon this earth. We declare your power upon this earth. We declare your dominion upon this earth, Lord. Your authority over this earth. Jesus, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. Thank you that you're sitting at the right hand of the Father, running the church here on earth. So, Lord, we bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. My wife has one brief announcement to make, and then we'll dismiss. Um, All parents... I just wanted to remind everyone, I know I talked to people one-on-one, but I wanted to let everybody know next week is the Celebrate with Families, and our kids are doing the 12 days of Christmas. And I'm asking that everyone can bring your children and be here for 930 so that we can practice on the stage a couple times before, and also to let you know that they will be going back to sit with you during service. So thank you. They've been a joy. They're a lot of fun. So thank you all. Yep, so that's next week. That's next Sunday. Um, have your kids here for 9.30. It's going to be a full family in the house. Amen? So have a great week. We love you. God bless you. Greet somebody that you haven't greeted.